Hey, what's up, my good people? Welcome to Fight Up KC. We are back again, and today we have two awesome guests in the house. Like I told you guys, we had one, but we have two awesome guests in the house. So we got we got more more for you guys today. So this is Fight Up KC. Welcome to the show. We here talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, talk about purpose, faith, belief. Um, just being able to understand what makes people successful and be able to inspire people to pursue their purpose. Now today I have with me Mr. Clarence Ken, who is the CEO and co-founder of Buddle, which is a learning application that helps students learn while they're gaming. And I have also Mr. Set here today who joined us here. Um, is I'm excited for it because I read your bio and it is crazy, like it's it's insane. So we're gonna be diving into that more. But um, welcome to the show, Mr. Clarence Ken. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. Doing pretty well. Pretty yes, well. Yes. Yes. Thanks how's, for having me. How's your day been so far? It's been busy as always, but yeah. I'm having a blast. Making that money. That's it's always busy making money, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Life? Been going good. Real yeah. good. Thanks for being me. Yeah. Nice to be here. Better than being on the farm, that's for sure. I'm 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 excited for today. I'm excited for today. So Mr. Clarence, uh uh tell people a little bit about yourself. Um let them know who is Mr. Clarence Ten, because, you know, we uh we see you on the media. We see, I see you like all the time on like uh Startland News, and I'm like, what is going on? You got all the gigs going on. <laughs> so let people know who is Mr. Clarence Ten. Let them know. Yeah, sure. So um I actually graduated from UMKC as well. So oh no way! Word word uh-huh. no um, way. So I I started up doing game design. Okay. I pursued a finance degree here at UMKC, and I was like, you know what? I don't really like finance very much. Yeah. So I started a game development company in South America. Okay. And then we started selling, um, developing and selling a lot of educational games. So okay. a lot of universities, um, even the government of Colombia contracted okay. us to build games for them. And that's kind of like how I got into wow. this whole um, educational games industry. Yeah. And so today, me and my wife, we are the yeah. founders of uh, Bottle Learning, which okay. is an educational game that um, makes it fun for students to practice math, reading, um, and makes it easy for teachers to assess and find out how the kids are doing too. Wow, wow, no, that's that's awesome. So, Mr. Set, let let them know, let them know, let them know who's here today. Um, now I read your bio. I read I read your bio, and it's 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 insane. Um, how you're able to you know overcome the challenges that you had growing up and being able to become successful and being able to learn you know your um, difficulties and being able to overcome them and becoming successful. Now. Tell people, tell people, who is, who is Mr. Stepp? Let, let, let them know, let them know. Mr. Stepp is just a little stupid, I think. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, to, be a, to be a great or bad entrepreneur, you have to be just crazy mm-hmm. about like being willing to, um, I think the, I would say stupid, but I think the, the effective way to say it is ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just ignorant of not knowing what you're capable of, yeah. then you just jump in there and think you can do it. Yeah. And then, um. Uh, I had a mentor once who said that, like, you know, he's like, what you try to do is impossible. Mm. He's like, you're just too stupid to realize it's impossible, but you end up, like, figuring it out. Yeah. You know? wow. So I think, that's, I think that's how most entrepreneurs do it. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just kind of figure out what's going on in there. And I think early on, you try to figure out um, how to succeed in business. But then I think as you grow, you start to figure out, like, the patterns. Yes. Um, met Clarence a couple of years ago, and, like, this guy has control of patterns and learning. And so we kind of have the same sort of thing going on. But I think as you kind of identify patterns about how people think, yeah. you start to figure out the ways to kind of um, make success yeah. by knowing what to say, how to say it. Exactly. And then yeah. as you kind of develop that, for myself, I kind of learned the same thing, I like how to modify how I think and my yeah. challenges to make it be benefits versus these ailments or whatever. Wow. Now, Mr. Clarence, just give us a, a brief recap. So where are you from and how did you get to Kansas City and how did all this 
you know, idea start up, you know what, I'm going to start up in Kansas City. How did, how did you get to Kansas City? Let people know. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in San Francisco. Okay. I left really early and um, I lived and grew up in, um, for the next 15 years, okay. um, living in Singapore and China. Okay. And then um, my, I had an aunt who lived here in Kansas City okay. and my, my parents were like, hey, let's send you to the middle of the U.S. where... You're far away from your culture, so that you can actually, you know, focus on yeah. studying. Um, and that's kind of like where I arrived in Kansas City. Okay. I thought I was gonna leave within the first three years. <laughs> Everybody always does. Yeah, true, true. And then fell in love with the city. And um, as soon as I came back from South America, um, doing the first business, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start it here in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, it's a great city. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the background of wow. how I got started. Okay. So, Mr. Seth. So, um, I, Can see I ask that a question. You, yeah, go ahead. So, like, what inspired you to stay? Like, I mean, that's all great that Kansas City, yeah. all these people in Kansas City would be like, yeah. this is the place. But, I mean, like, that had, like, you got Singapore, you got, like, San Francisco, like, yep. what inspired you, Kansas City? <laughs> I mean, like, of all those places, yeah. Kansas City, like, from a surface level, doesn't seem like it would be the spot. So, yeah. why? Um, because of how low the cost of living is. That, that, that's the first one. That's, okay. That's the first um, practical reason, aside from the fact that I fell in love with the city. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell it's really growing. There's opportunity here. Um, from um, an educational company standpoint, there's a lot of resources. There is um, the Kaufman. There's Lean Labs, who's here in town, and they're amazing. They're an amazing group of uh, individuals. Yeah. Um, there's a good mix of public charter private as well as home schools here in Kansas City. So okay. it's a really good mix um, to, to get started. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So like, cause I'm not from Kansas City, but like, like you said, when I got here, I'm like, I need to leave here like maybe a year, cause like this is not for me. And then people just like make you want to stay, you know, like you just see people yeah. like, oh, I have friends now, you know, I love this place, you know what I mean? But I knew that the weather, I was never gonna get used to the weather, cause the weather is too cold and always gonna be too cold. Yeah, for sure. But, but I mean, it's it, I love KC. It's it's kind of like together in a way, like Kansas City, not Kansas, but um, Kansas City, Missouri is together. Because <laughs> people mistake Kansas City for Kansas, which is which we, which is a big issue that we are having, you know. But um, Mr. Seth, let us know what is your passion about entrepreneurs? Because you seem to like you know very passionate about entrepreneurs, being able to motivate people to you know uh, grow their business. What is it? What led you to do that? Um. I would say, like, the fake answer would be because, like, you know, when you want to, like, build up companies, it kind of gives you the thought that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. But the, the real answer is, is that um, coming out of college, um, I, I went to interview, like, at a, um, a local store. Yeah. And the guy that was, like, the hiring manager was got bombed out my freshman year. And I was like, okay, well, if I succeed, if I fail, this is the worst that can happen. Wow. You know I mean? So then I was like, I'll, I'll try entrepreneurship. Wow. And see what the worst that can happen. Yeah, dang. Plus the guys that I'd seen that, um, a lot of guys that I had I had met that um, were doing really good at entrepreneurship mm-hmm. actually had a lot of like struggles early on. Okay. And so it had kind of been one of those things where you start to break down. You're like, okay, you know, I, I have these challenges in, in the corporate world. It's kind of like they look down on those kind of challenges. Yeah. You have those things like we want this specific pedigree of type of people. Yeah. But when you look at entrepreneurs, what you notice is that most of the very successful ones have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you look at a lot of the billionaires out there, they, they didn't have traditional things. They either had tension deficit or yeah. some sort of ailment that made them a little off. Yeah. And so when you look at that, like 
uh, <clears throat> basically, if you look out there, like there's a there's um a lot of your serial entrepreneurs and things that have certain challenges they yeah. overcome, yeah. and because of that, it allowed them to constantly push forward. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas most people would be like, "Oh, I'm out on my own. This is not going well." Yeah. Serial entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs kind of like, you know, what? I'm used to being out on my own. It's mm-hmm. not actually that big of a difference. Kind of like you probably you used to be on your own by different cultures, different things. So being alone isn't actually the end of the world. It's kind of a place yeah, you kind of for sure. kind of like to be in in a way. And so pushing against everybody has that sort yeah. of interest point. Now tell me, uh, Mr. Clarence, like what what is it? How did you start inventing like apps? How did you get into that sector? How do you go from finance to even start like making your own apps and applications? How did that oh, start? Man. I don't know. I think I was just naive enough to think that we could. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I, yeah. The story is, um, so, you know, the very first company we started, okay. it was actually a bunch of us guys who were part of the same, we called it a guild in an online game. So okay. we've never met and we're like, hey, you know what? We spent a lot of time and um, money playing this game. I, we bet, I bet we can build a better game. So we yeah. started coming up with ideas while we were on like chatting and on TeamSpeak and then that was the goal. We were going to build an awesome um, online role-playing game, okay. and and um, and we're like, you know what? That's kind of expensive. Let's start building games for other people wow. first, and then that's kind of like how we first got uh, started. Okay. Um, it wasn't smooth sailing. Um, in fact, when we got started, I actually had a full-time job at a company called State Street. Okay. Um, it was it was a pretty good entry-level job, um, but then what happened was a lot of the work that I was doing was. Even though it was finance related, it was mm. quite manual. Oh, okay. And it really, I felt really defeated one day because I built an Excel macro that mm. pretty much did my job for me. Wow. So I could just press it and it would copy and paste everything that wow. I did in one day. And it wasn't even complicated to build. It was an Excel macro. Wow. And then um, I tried to ask, you know, my my superior, "Hey, can I use this program?" <laughs> and she's like, "No, we need the we need the human." the human um, touch to make sure everything wow. is good. But the funny part was, every time I ran the macro, it was more accurate than what wow. I did. So I'm like, you know what, I felt really defeated that, that you know, a simple program could have just replaced my job here. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's try something more fun and creative. And then um, it was games for me. Yeah. I thought I was going to build, you know, we, I thought I was going to build like the next Angry Birds and, you know, that yeah. happened, I was, I was silly, but um, um, it was, you know, I, I stumbled on education by accident yeah. and then fell in love with, because not only is it super fun for kids, but then you can see the impact it's making mm-hmm. in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that every day of my life, I'll be, I'll be set. Now, I think like, this is like a thing too that we have in our generation where, you know, things are the way that are this one, people want to keep it that way, but then they don't want to change it. They want to like leave it the old way it is. Now, like, have you ever come to that chance, like, in your, you know, in your career where you want to change something, but people be like, you know what, we should keep it the same way. Have you, have you ever, ever encountered that, or well, what do you think, Mr. Set? Definitely. Uh, I don't know, I think I might be an older generation than you guys. Yeah, you I mean, mean not, not my generation, I'm talking about the world in general. Let, this one generation, I'm like way younger than no, no, like I am. No, no, but I think that's way good. Way I mean, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm 38, right? Okay. And so, I don't know what generation that puts me in, but like, 
I know like um, about 15 years ago okay. when I was like 22, okay. like we were looking at entrepreneurship and a lot of the things that are going on here okay. now weren't happening then. Okay. And so we we're like, we got to disrupt this. And all those older generations like, no, yeah. you can't. Good old boy network. They were totally against that. Yeah. Wow. So I, I think that now, like the, when I talk to some of young entrepreneurs, like we got to disrupt entrepreneurship. I'm like, yeah, go for it. You yeah. know, you should do this. <laughs> I think the biggest difference is, is that um, the one thing that I found is that that need to disrupt is awesome. Mm. It kind of pushes everything forward and, yeah. and pushes what's possible. I think the one thing that, um, not to hesitate it, but to, to put it into context, yeah. is that if you push against a person or a certain group, you mean, then you will start a war against that that specific entity yeah. and you'll, you'll stall out your progress. Mm-hmm. But if you take it against like a theme or like a social trend, yeah. then you can win because a lot of your older groups agree with you. Mm-hmm. You mean, they're like, yeah, I definitely want to do it. There's a lot of, you know, at the time we thought that we were pushing against um, all these big investors that didn't necessarily want this change. Mm-hmm. But what we found is they very much wanted the change too. They wanted the outcomes. But what they didn't want to be is lose control of the current way it was done. Mm. They agreed it was bad, but yeah. they didn't know the way, but they yeah. wanted more control. Yeah. So as long as you gave them more control in doing it, mm. you can create this like huge mass movement of things. Wow. So I think that the ability to push and to disrupt is amazing. Mm. As long as you're disrupting with the people that you might otherwise suspect might be against you, wow. if you disrupt with them, you can create this massive change. Mm. So yeah. I agree with you. That's a great question. I mean, like, so like... I, I I mean, hearing your story, it seems like you didn't, did you go to school for like coding or did you just like, is it something that is in it? Like being like, uh, being able to code stuff, did you go to school for it or did it just happen along the way, you know what I mean? No, I, I did not. So a lot of it was YouTube, Udemy. Wow. Um, I do wow. a lot of design and um, back then we uh, we had a booth at this conference called uh, Game Developers Convention at okay. our conference, GDC, it was huge. They had a vault. We call it the vault of okay. uh, all the game design documents, all these videos, and then that was all I had. I, I didn't have money to go to school, and, wow. and I don't think there's any. I could be wrong. Don't don't quote me on this. Um, any game design programs here in Kansas City, anyway. So I just kept watching the vault videos, watching uh, powerpoints, watching um, people speak in the slides, and then I was like, yeah. you know what? I think I'm an expert. Let me try it out. <laughs> and then I built a bunch of wow. games, and they were wow. horrible. <laughs> and the kids hated them, but then because we, ha- I had the opportunity to keep trying yeah, and, yeah. and working with kids in Colombia, eventually I kind of got the hang of, hey, this is this kind of works, this kind of does not work. Yeah, wow. Now, I, I feel That's like... Brilliant. Can I say something? Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, like, just from the outside in, like, if an entrepreneur is willing to, like, try things like yeah. what he did, you mean, so early on, he said he didn't get it, but we also probably, like, my wrong, but you got to learn, right? Yeah. Exactly. What was wor- working? Like, so how did you figure out what was working based off what you kind of tested out there? Can I ask? Yeah. So I, I built a game, and then, for example, and um, I, I still do it today sometimes. So, for mm-hmm. example, um, with Bottle, I created a in-game tutorial that taught people how to, how the game works. And I needed a way to kind of force people to get the wrong answer. Mm. So I, I, I designed this thing where if they tried to click the right answer, the right answer would just move away and, and move away. And, and sure enough, uh, I thought it was smart. I thought it was, cl- it was clever. I thought that if I had the in-game character say, hey, gotcha, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, that kids would find the humor in it. Yeah. Uh, turns out I 
received a bunch of emails recently from teachers saying, hey, you know, the kids are frustrated. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're complaining how, you know, the game is tricking them, is messing with them. <laughs> so, you know, there's things like that that you yeah. kind of have to just try it out. You think it's creative at mm-hmm. first, but you just get proven wrong. And you're wow. like, okay, get, I guess that's a change. Yeah. But, you know, the more you try, the more you know. So, I mean, I got to ask, like, did you, did you ever see yourself doing this as a kid? Or was you, you ever, what would you, what, what did you want to do as a kid? Let me ask that. Did you? Yeah. Um, so, my dad was a banker. So, okay. I, I always thought, you know what, I'm going to be a banker or a stockbroker. I'll get a Ferrari when I'm 28 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and then I'll just, I'll just be set. That was, that was the goal. Um, so, mm. as soon as I graduated, um, I was very disappointed, mm. as you can mm. imagine. Mm. Mm. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, that Ferrari's not coming soon. Yeah, I'm not, not at all. not going to get it, you know? But I mean, it's again, it's like what we see on TV. We think it's going to be that fast pace, yeah, but again, sure. it doesn't happen like that, you know. Um, another thing I want to ask is like, what are what are the pushbacks you've had like in your career? Because I know that like with entrepreneurs or leaders, you always have like pushbacks that kind of push you to that. You'd be like, man, um, I think I should quit. But at the end of the day, through those pushbacks, you actually get things that make you succeed. Have you ever had like pushbacks that made you like step back and be like, you know what? I realized my mistakes and I think I can go forward. Daily. Yeah. I mean, like, man, I got to get a count of these in the tens of thousands. Mm. I mean, I think the, the hardest part is, um, I think from the outside in, when you look at entrepreneurs, a lot of times you see pushback and they're like, yeah. yep, they know what to do next, they want to do next. I can't tell you how many meetings I've had where I'm mm. like, that went awful. You mean, and then you're like, okay, what could I have I done different? Like, yeah. I think that went pretty good and ended up absolutely massively bad. Yeah. And so you just usually don't know for a long time mm. of what it is. I think you can ask advisors, but I think the, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, it is if to be successful, you have to go through a lot of those bad moments. Exactly. And a lot of those bad moments are going to be the moments where you just, you don't even know why they happen. Mm-hmm. But it isn't until you, like, um, like Terrence said, like, you try those different things out. If, a, if he stopped the first time the first kid or first teacher came back and said they're getting frustrated, I mean, he wouldn't learn anything because that's just one pushback yeah. point. So I would say... Um, when you get pushback, keep it in context and what was the purpose you're trying to do? Yeah. So right. I think a lot of times when um, you talk to new entrepreneurs, they're like, you know, I got pushback, I'm just, I switched. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, what if you decide what the purpose is of that experiment? And everything's an experiment. So if you're going to pitch something or if you're going to do something and you get pushback, what was the purpose? Was the yeah. purpose to get $10 million? Well, if that is, what was, you know, what was the pushback about? Was mm-hmm. it because... You knock, you ask for too much money. They didn't like the idea. Um, they're, you know, realistically, were they just get out of the fight with their wife? Did they just have a bad thing in their family? Yeah. There's so many variables there. It's so hard to tell exactly what you got pushback on. Yeah. All you know is you just got pushback. So people take this massive, I got pushback and everything is bad. Mm. Whereas if you can break your pieces apart yeah. and start making small tests, then what it does is it starts to say, okay, my starting pitch was bad or I didn't ask them how their day was going to find out that they had a really bad thing happen and let's discuss that out so mm-hmm. that I can then go into my pitch. Yeah. So I think that if you can find those small pieces, uh, small pieces and break out what the purpose is, it really helps you to find exactly what happened bad mm-hmm. and so you can break those things down. Kind of like Terrence did on that little moving the answer around. Yeah. By doing that, he can then find small things versus saying, oh, yeah, the whole game's crap. Yeah. Anyway, let's do anything. Yeah. It was just one small piece. Right. Let, let me ask you, like, do you, because I see you, like, you wanted, like, the old hub grant, like, you wanted, like, like, a 500K, you had, like, a group of people, 
and then you're like, you're always on Scotland News. Are there times you get emotional remembering times that you actually failed? Like, you know, you get emotional about things that happen because you remember at one point this didn't look like it was going to happen. Oh man, that's, that's a crazy question because, you know, the, the big wins like OHUB, um, you know, getting investment from AT&T, um, winning launch KC, those are three. But what people don't see is I applied to like 94 other ones and all of them, I just get flat out rejected. Wow. You get all these, um, you know, they try to be nice, which I, I appreciate. They yeah. give you like a, hey, this is why we didn't accept you. Yeah. And you read all these things and you're like, you know what? Sometimes you just have to not be offended and just take it, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really interesting too because I forgot who it was. I met during launch cases when they announced our name and we won. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't, it was an amazing price, but then I did not necessarily like jump for joy, not because it was not amazing, yeah. because, you know, I just felt like, all right, that was like 30, 30 failures already yeah. just for this one, but okay, let, let me just get back on track, recollect wow. myself. Wow. Um, again, Launch KP, EDC, they're amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't even expect to win. I didn't even expect to, um, um, be, have the opportunity to, opportunity to pitch mm. and in fact I actually applied that was my third time applying to launch KC so I had applied twice before wow. and got rejected so wow. for me it was more so um, it was one of those you know what I'll just try again this year and mm. then I did I just applied and never thought about it and then that was kind of like what um, literally saved our company because wow. our cash flow is uh, so tight at that point wow now I was planned right it was not planned. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm happy you're sharing this because, like, on my perspective, from my side of looking at, it, I'm like, man, you are so lucky, like all that, you know, success. But now you talking about your failures kind of makes me feel like, you know, the thing that people say that you have worked all your life to be an overnight success, right? Where you've worked all this, while you've had all these failures, but because you kept going, you know, you succeeded at last, right? Now, for you, what was the biggest drawback for you that you had in your, you know? being able to build this app, what was the biggest thing that happened to you? Be like, you know what, I think I'm going to pack my bags and leave. This is not going to ever work. What was one of the, maybe oh, one or two biggest things that happened to you? All right, so by far the biggest thing, and it kind of ties to to Seth because that's kind of like where I met him. Okay. So before Bottle, I had another company called um, CodeQuest, very similar concept. The the idea was we're going to build the biggest, baddest educational game. It's going to be so fun. Mm. Um, kids are going to love it. We're going to incorporate some AI yeah. into the whole uh, process. And um, we didn't get pushback. You know, mm. we, we didn't get feedback. We thought, hey, the concept is so good. Mm. Um, so we raised a bunch of money, built it. And then we had 80 school districts sign up um, when we went to a conference. So we were like, all right, this is going to be successful. Like, 80s yeah, wow. before we even had a product wow. um, and then we finished the product launched it and it failed six months only two schools not districts schools, schools were able to get past the install page because none of the schools actually had the technology to run our game wow. we needed a graphic card and that kind of thing wow. it was crazy um, and that's actually where I met uh, Seth because there was a um, was it a pitch competition? Yeah. He was one of the judges, and that's kind of like where I met him. Okay. That was when we were trying to pivot to the homeschool market um, because we knew schools didn't have the technology. Mm. Um, but because it was like a, a wizard game, homeschool parents didn't want it either. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine. Yeah, but so that was a huge uh, lesson learned, um, which is why 
just jumping back on the previous point, pushback and and and, and negative feedback and rejections are so good because now you know you have one more way of knowing not to do it. Because mm. because if people don't give you that feedback, um, it, you're you're not gonna succeed. Yeah. Most likely you're not. Wow. No. On that point, yeah, I think that just reminds something like if you get pushback. The best thing you can ever do, and the last thing you really think about doing, is ask why. Mm. So if like if someone just like takes it apart, I think the yeah. biggest thing you should do is like ask, okay, why is this happening? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like there was uh, I was in one meeting with a, uh, an investor, and he was from Bernstein Ryan. I can't remember his name, but like he was a vice president, was taking me through all this stuff. And I gave my pitch, and he started laughing. Wow. And I was like, all right, I got him. Wow. Like, Absolutely not. Wow! Like, wow! Like at first, so you feel like you feel like just taking it and maybe saying the like choice word and then walk out. But I was yeah. like, okay, why? And he, I was like, and he's like, what? And I was like, well, I just cut I just deals off. So what? what why? What, yeah. did, what did I do? And so he broke down what I didn't do. You mean? Yeah. And so then I asked him. I was like, if I fix that, would you be interested? And he's like, I'll let you pitch again. Yeah. And so now I knew exactly what I needed to do wow. to get this guy on. Wow. So I think that if you look at a lot of times, a lot of people when they say no, mm. it isn't like, okay, I've calculated up all the numbers mm. and this is a no. Yeah. They just say like, it is a, it's a no, but then if you can go in and find out why, you yeah. might find out that choice details that really allow you to know how to fix it. Exactly. Wow. So like, I guess you guys have a different perspective about, because we talked about this on my last show with the Dean. Um, we talked about being able to change the the narrative of failure and people see failure as a negative thing but sometimes it can actually be something that leads you to the next step of your you know success because sometimes people feel bad man i failed i don't want to try again but sometimes failure is a place where you to actually sit down and think what i do wrong how can i go forward right so now you've been going through what you've been through and being where you are today becoming one of the successful entrepreneurs in Kansas city what is your perspective about failure um First of all, I won't say I'm successful yet. <laughs> I would say that. I mean, I, if if you get the amount of money you've done so far, I I would say that. I would I would definitely um, say that. But but you got a cape on that says success. <laughs> oh man. Um, to answer your question, I feel like failure is so necessary. Mm. It's the stepping stone to success. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and if there's anything that I would tell a listener is really, um, really try to get this. Um, like a minimum viable product and really understand the customer before you build anything. Mm. With so many tools today, you can literally build a solution without actually committing to building the product. So yeah. the, what we did with Bottle that was different from the previous company was we literally did Photoshop and PowerPoint images of um, what the, tro- the product would look like. Mm. And then we just walked it to the teacher and said, hey, if we had this, would would it be good no 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 we just kept taking notes until we're like hey this would be good and then we started building after we had like legitimate feedback yeah and um yeah if if you look at our platform right now for teachers we only have two reports Mm. student progress and where kids are struggling wow and the the most popular report the the trouble spots Mm. you know where students are struggling i didn't even design it it was a 58 year old teacher that says hey clarence you brought so many of these like charts to me. I don't. They they look nice. I'm sure. I don't care about it. Just tell me who is struggling in my class and why. Wow. If you can do that, I'll, I'll be good. And then, so we only have two reports. Um, we have like ten times less than com- our competitors. Wow. But uh, yeah, we found out the after iteration that you know they only need 
very few things and and if we didn't fail we didn't just keep asking if we didn't just keep talking to the end user mm. um, before building our product we would have spent a lot of money yeah and it would have been wasted see I have this um, theory that um, most entrepreneurs or leaders um, work so hard that they get to this point or this energy level where they become so lucky that things just happen for them like you have to like have a breakthrough where you are working so hard and get to that peak um, do you guys think that is a thing where you know you're working so hard in your career and it seems like it's not working but then you get one one thing happen and then for you know everything is happening so far what do you what do you think about that is that a thing that's actually true or is it my myth you know where you, you enter this space where it becomes you become a kind of success you think things are just happening for you back and forth you know what is your mindset of that or what do you think instead uh, I think the I think from the outside in, it seems that way. Mm-hmm. I think from the outside in, like, um, you see, like, uh, like when Terrence is on the noise media things, you think, like, wow, he's just blasting out. Yeah. Like, everything he touched turns to gold. Yeah. I can't talk about Terrence, but I know from my experience mm-hmm. is that from the outside in, it always seems like you're winning. From the inside out, I mean, you're always, like, even when you get depressed, you're like, okay, that's great, but now what do I do next? Yeah. And how do you do these things? I think that when, you, when you've done it a couple times, you start to realize what are the critical steps you need to take. Mm-hmm. But... Um, like my um, good friend Brian Morgan always says, he's like, you never actually know what you're doing. And he's like, you should always be pushing the envelope. Mm. You always kind of know what, what should happen, but you're always still kind of like pushing the envelope, seeing what's happening. So if people perceive you have luck, that's awesome, you mean, until like the luck runs out and mm. it becomes publicly available. But I think that really, from a luck standpoint, I personally believe that luck doesn't exist. Mm. Like you can have the right set of things, and the more you, the more you're out there trying to learn what's happening yeah. and learn from your failures. Mm. And to put that in context, I wouldn't say like when you have a failure, I don't believe it's actually my failure. Like it's a failure between what I was pitching mm. and what happened. Yeah. And wow. that lets me know what the market is actually doing. Mm. So you're basically testing. Mm. It's kind of like. Imagine being in a dark room with all the lights come off and you're trying to walk around. Yeah. So every time you bump into something, someone could say that's a failure. But in reality, you just know there's a wall there or something. Mm-hmm. And now you're just trying to move around. The same thing with consumers. Like what Clarence said about like customers. You're trying to figure out what they want, where they're willing to buy, and what they like enough to spend money and what they like just enough to say, awesome. Yeah. I mean, and you want the money and the awesome too. Exactly. But yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. to pick one, generally speaking, the money is worth that. Yeah, what do you think, Clarence? What do you think? Yeah, I, I would echo it. It, it. From the outside, when I, you know, when I Googled myself, I'm like, wow. Oh, I'm yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but, to Google myself. That's awesome. Good for you. But, um, but it's, it's, it's just what people see, right? Because yeah, people only, yeah. I'm not going to show you, I mean, I could, I probably would, but then more likely than not, I'm not going to show you all the bad things that are happening. I mean, that's not, that's, that's not what social media is for. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks good from the outside. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, like the, the wins stacking on top of each other, um, it's, it's one of those people want to, people want to like, it's kind of like those, um, so it's, it's, it, it does, it does snowball. So I, I won't necessarily say wealth creates even more wealth, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like that whole, um, concept, right? So when we did launch KC, it was like, yeah. wow, this huge thing. And because of that, now we just literally just take it and plaster it into every application. Yeah. And there's a much bigger chance that we would succeed in, um, in the next, 
in our next endeavor. Yeah. And then when we got AT and T, we're like, oh, AT and T is a good name. So let's uh, let's just plaster it everywhere. Yeah. And even when we start selling now, we just say, hey, we're the Kansas City company that's funded by AT and T. It just sounds so. Yeah, it sounds better. It, it sounds better, but then that's kind of like it's one of those. It, it does take a lot of effort for you to get to that success. True. Um, it is not just pure hard work. Mm-hmm. I won't say it's luck either, but then I think you know. As humans, we all have to really be able to leverage our relationships yeah, and yeah. really understand. Um, um, it's not about how hard you work. Yes, hard work is super essential because if you don't work hard, there's no way you're gonna get through it. True, true. But then true. you also there are things that you know, someone you know gives you a much uh, a much better access. So mm-hmm. it's not if if you know that's where if if you don't have a network, you just have to go out and build one. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen overnight. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not gonna. I mean, people can smell it if they're just there to network. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was that guy, right? Just trying to walk into everyone's conversation. And oh, this this guy's gonna. Pull me out from the dirt and yeah. <laughs> it's not, you're, you're going to find the people that you really connect with have the same values and mission yeah. as you do. Wow. And then eventually that network just starts growing and yeah. you're like, hey, you know what? I know a guy who um, who would be good for you to meet. And eventually yeah. enough of those happen to where um, you have a pretty good network. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like my, yeah. my perspective on, on it's, this. It's funny you said that because sometimes I have that same like this person is going to pull me out of the dirt like I just go say hi and it's over and uh, sometimes it never happens that way you know yeah, there's yeah. always you know you you have me on mind of this great success going to happen and then the one thing you think was going to happen never happened something that actually you know um, comes in but um, I, I want to ask this what is what is one thing that you know motivates you to keep going what is one thing that motivates you to you know to keep striving hard regardless of how bad it's going to or regardless of how hard it is you know what is one thing that keeps you going regardless of how things are going. Um, so for me, I I just really believe in in the vision and mission of what what we are doing. So mm-hmm. even both me and my wife were yeah. just going like full ham on this. Um, in fact, before um, we I, we got the AT and T investment, mm-hmm. we pretty much ran out of cash. So I was oh. applying for um, a high paying job in San Francisco, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna like live. Uh, mooch off my brother who lives there, <laughs> get a high-paying job, like really do ramen for a couple of years, and I can afford to like self-fund the company yeah. um, one way or another. It's, it's just one of those. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You just believe in in what you're doing so mm-hmm. much that um, that you believe in the impact. You believe in that the world is going to be a better place because of it. Yeah. So it gets when it gets to that point. It's one of those. You, it doesn't matter how hard people beat you down. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you actually find out, hey, they're actually right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 This is my previous venture, so. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, if, if, if you really believe in what you're doing, um, and as long as it's not for, oh, money, because money is really bad. I mean, it's a good enough motivator, but I don't think yeah. it's a, a strong enough motivator to take you through um, when crap really hits the fan. Yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Well, what do you think, Seth? I, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really down about you gotta have that why yeah. really like really strong mm. i think for me it was always the fact of like for the longest time um when i was in high school people said that or my guidance counselor said that uh my my goal should be not to go to college things like that it's out of reach i should just try to be a gas station attendant and hold mm. down a job and i was mm. like what wow. and so for me like after that point that was almost the best thing that she could have ever said to me wow. because when she did i was like oh okay i'll prove you wrong 
So yeah. then ever after that point, it's been like, can you do more? Can you give up Dang. back more? And so I would agree with Clarence. If it's money, you're going to bomb out. Yeah. Because what, what the first time someone says no to your money, that just obliterated your walk. Yeah. But if it's like something that you're trying to prove or something that you're trying to get to, then every time someone pushes you down, it basically just like, they just light it. Like yeah. the fire that just keeps you going. Yeah. And so it, the more that you can have that sort of life be something that's that pushing you forward and there's like a challenge yeah like almost like an open challenge to yourself mm-hmm. and every time you get pushed down it's it's literally like a challenge to yourself it's like all right give up you, yeah. you really want mm-hmm. yeah or if you don't just just hand in the towel and then you notice that you just get like super upset yeah and then you push that thing forward so i think yeah i think having a solid why is, is critical and i think the one thing that i've that i've noticed for me over the years is that um it changes yeah. And if you don't change with it, you kind of get stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, it's kind of weird, but, like, you kind of, around, like, 35, you go through this change, and, like, yeah. kids happen, and you start to, like, your why gets twisted, because what you were going for is not what it is now. So you kind of get this new area. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I, I just want to say that I think you should buy a gas station or start one, just to make a point. <laughs> just to make a point. <laughs> just to make a point. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> However, uh, we're getting to the end of the sh- end of the show. I'm gonna ask maybe two more questions. Um, I want to ask this. So, like, so for you personally, uh, do you think? Because I'm a I'm someone who believes. I have a belief for. Like, I have a faith um, in God, and I just want to say, do you think your belief or in yourself or in a higher power something that helps you become where you are today, or do you think it's just hard work and hard work and hard work, or just the vision you had, um, you know, that got you to where you are today? Um, for me, it's definitely my faith. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't believe in luck, like you said. Yeah. Um, it, it's and and, and and the thing, like even the idea of like like the main bottle, the yeah. idea of the company, it wasn't even. I didn't come up with it. It was like it fell on my lap, or yeah. people said, "Hey, you should do this." Or have you thought about this? Um, or it was a, either a sermon I heard or a Bible verse I, I read. Um, and and there, like if you look at our finances. <laughs> Yeah. Every time like, the check comes in the mail, the mo- the very last second, it's it's one of those. Um, I was joking um, to one of uh, our investors. He's like, "Hey, are you where are you gonna find money?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but it's gonna come." Yeah, <laughs> wow, then, yeah. So, so for him, he was like, "Oh, this guy is like not investable." Yeah, <laughs> I threw all my money away, <laughs> and then at like time after time, wow. he's seen a check come in. He's like, and then he. And nowadays, when he messages me, he's like, only God can help us now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Wow, that's, that's awesome. I need some of those Bible verses. Do you see some of yeah, those? Yeah, 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 I'm reading the wrong ones. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Seth? I agree with the same thing. Yeah. I, having a strong faith, I think, is everything. My yeah. um, faith, actually, like, I personally believe that, like, that I'm kind of on a track mm-hmm. with God. So, like, sometimes... It's helping get to the points when things just go, like, just absolutely wrong, like, mm-hmm. sideways. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Like I've obliterated a company in three days. Mm. And when you look at that, you're just like, how wow. did that happen? Wow. I mean, three days ago, I was like on the right track. Yeah. We were financially fine. And now everything goes away. Like you're like, you're like yeah. the, what is it called? You're like the worst virus ever. Everybody's mm. moving the heck away from you. Yeah. And so in the moment, I just, you're like, all right, that, this is happening for a reason. Yeah. There's a coin point here. Yeah. This is going to come out of this. Mm. But like in this moment, you're like this. I mean, it's like the worst feeling ever. Yeah. But I think that when you believe that, it's happening for a reason. There's something else coming from it. Yeah. Then you start to look for the the lightning. Mm. And the one thing that I've realized is that 
when you have the greatest pain, it usually sets you up for something next. Mm. Um, and whether you're looking at that, definitely as from a faith standpoint, but also just from a business standpoint. Yeah. Like, um, my greatest strengths come from my greatest weaknesses mm. and my greatest pains. Like the things that just obliterate my face, usually I'll come back into that sort of thing on the next time. Yeah. And you know exactly what to say in those True. points. True. And it allows you to rebound in ways that you yeah. can't even. Wow. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, when I look back now, all those oh, like yeah. really crappy situations, like I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. Like, like if it didn't, I would have, it would have been so bad right now. Oh, like, yeah. With my first company failing, <laughs> with um, with some investment money not making it through. I'm like, wow, I'm actually so glad yeah. we didn't take their money. Wow. <laughs> like, oh gosh. Now, before we go, I want to ask you guys one question, but I want us to, have you guys tried Ruby Jean's Juicery? What is it? Ruby Jean Juicery. It's like the natural juice in Kansas City. But you guys have not heard of it or tasted it. Okay, cool. So it's the best. It's my person I'm trying it too. So I'm trying to, I'm like, what would be the best thing to do? Try it on the show and see how you guys, you know, react to it. Because I want to try it too. I want to see what it tastes like. So uh, actually, I had Chris Good, the owner of the company here on my show last year. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out today and, you know, get me some Ruby Jean Juicery. So you guys are going to be the first people who are going to try with me. All right. Um, so, yeah. So Was that show good? Or yeah, he thought it was bad because this is a poison, right? He's, a, he's, <laughs> he, he's like, this stuff is that one good, right? Yeah, that one good. That okay, one perfect. Good. That uh, one awesome. Good. So we're going to do the taste, but um, while we're tasting, I want to ask you, um, guys, what is that? What is uh one um advice you would give to you know a young person, you know, younger you out there, maybe in college or um, you know, out someone like me who's I'm in finance too. What is that one advice you give um you know your younger self? Um. I'll give myself two um, because two mm. there's two that's really important. The first one is nothing happens overnight. Mm. Um, I don't know how many times when I was in college I, I, was, I was thinking, oh man, this opportunity or this meeting with this investor is going to yes. blow everything all apart. If I just had money, everything will solve itself. Yeah. Nothing happens overnight. It's a process. So really enjoy the process. And the second one is um, really be unoffendable. Yeah. That, that is the one thing that... Um, it just makes life so much better mm. and and like even like this week we've had like I forgot which one it was that's how unoffended I am yeah. <laughs> we, if we applied for these uh, two things would have uh, which would have been great for us we got declined send us some like really negative feedback I'm like oh it doesn't matter I mean um, and it just makes your life so much better yes. and um, and I think it sets you up for to really look at feedback and and mm. And, and negative feedback as, hey, this could be constructive. I can learn from, from this. You yes. Know, I may not believe that everything about the feedback is right, but maybe it is. I mean, you just have to be really open and exactly. unoffended. It's not personal. Yeah. People, you know, I'm, I'd much rather be polite than you than, than to tell you the truth in a way that it hurts. Because yeah. yeah. I don't have any investment in your life. Yeah. Maybe it might change, but... but for them to give you that negative feedback, um, they are already like doing you a favor. So yeah. just take it for what it is. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Mr. Tech? I think that's amazing advice. First off, this juice is amazing. Yeah, it's it's great. That's I told you guys. Insane, you yeah. should try this flavor too. Yeah, I don't know, man. This, yeah, I'm gonna buy some of this. It's crazy. <laughs> like, I think the I think you get a good advice. flavor too. The fact that he can um, like, don't be offended because a lot of times you kind of that advice is key. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, is really know the context. Like, ask the question of the context of where the advice comes from. Yeah. Because I think the hardest thing is, is that when you're when you're younger and you're kind of getting in this, 
like what a serial entrepreneur tells you, like, okay, you know, just go in early and figure out what the customer wants. I mean, yeah. like to an early entrepreneur, at least myself, that meant go online and start researching, I mean, mm. which is not what that advice meant whatsoever. Yeah. The advice meant was is go out there, ask a bunch of people about your business, even though it doesn't exist, but pitch it like it does mm. and see what people actually say to it. Yeah. And so I think knowing the context where people give you that advice, like what Terrence said, is one, like, you know, figure out the context of why they said it mm. and then ask the advice. Um, and just to kind of iterate what Clarence said is like when people are the most emotional against you, ask them what your advice has been wow. because you're going to get a lot more raw version of it. And because if people just tell you the niceties of it, you're going to miss it. You're going to base a bad, a good decision on a bad yeah. call. Wow. Versus if you can get the real reason, like um, I remember once early on when we were selling this like kind of racing package stuff. That uh, one lady's like, I love it. I just this is not a good time. And I was like, Okay, why? And she's like, It's a lot of things. And she and I was like, well, Why is that? And I had asked five times. Yeah. And at the end of the fifth, she's like, You know what? I just can't stand it. Yeah. I was like, Okay, why? Wow. And she's like. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Wow. Okay, cool. So now, like, what would make it make sense? And then she's like, I don't understand these icons. I don't understand these reports. I don't understand. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we're way off on a presentation. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So if you can get that honest advice, yeah. that's where it really matters. So cool. I think I just nailed it. Well, I would just want to say thank you guys for coming on the show. And can you pass me that? <laughs> thank you guys for coming on the show. And, man, this is good juice, too. Uh, so are you on the M, Mr. Clarence? Where can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn? Instagram. Um, my name is Clarence Tan, and honestly, if you Google me, <laughs> you see him. that's good. You see, uh, we are here now. We are here. Just Google Mr. Clarence, and he'll be out there. Okay, cool. How can they find Google you as well? Seth, mind. I haven't Googled myself. I don't Google me yet. Um, <laughs> I guess that pretty much makes you go. I'm on LinkedIn, I guess. Okay. So excuse me there, but uh, but yeah, I'd be happy to talk cool. to anybody. So thank you guys for coming today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again. This is Fight Up Case. We bring the motivation and inspiration. Um, now this is Ruby Jeans. He's now at UMKC. He's uh partnering with UMKC. Good juice, Chris. Good. Um, go get some for yourself. He's also in Whole Foods as well. But thank you guys for tuning in. Um, subscribe. All right. Bye bye for now. Bye.